All right. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Uh, let's see. Some of the stuff set up. On back. Camera. DJ Devin, how's it going? Time for some road running. There's like a little gap between the chats. Alright, I'll get the rest of my stuff ready to go here. While folks are tuning in, and then we'll uh, have a quick introduction and get going. Still nothing, huh? Oh. There we are. Yeah, purple submarine time. How's it going? Uh, let's see, it's a little small. Let me get to the actual chat. Is that uh, Axel over there on YouTube? How's it going? Uh, Beata as well. Good evening, happy Friday. Uh, let's go flashlight. Let's go focus. It's probably good for now. How's it going, Dexter? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Going great. Just finished a couple projects this week. Got a lot of compliments on them. Feeling outstanding. Yeah, that's nice. Got great stuff going on. I saw the uh, the requests uh, PR you put in as well. That's on my list to check out uh, either this weekend or definitely on Monday, if not this weekend. Um, I usually make a big pass through PRs on Mondays lately, and then I do some in the evenings and on the weekends, but I'm still kind of like getting out of the teaching mindset. I just wrapped up my class last Tuesday and I've been like doing a lot of stuff for class outside of Python. So I've not been in the evenings. Once I finally get done doing stuff, I've not been wanting to uh, do more circuit Python stuff lately, but I'm getting back into the swing of things now and I've been doing Mondays the whole time. So uh, thank you for putting all those, new examples and I'm always happy to see new examples get PR'd pretty much to any library uh, but requests in particular I think there's lots of room for new ones um, good afternoon Paul SK how's it going uh, ship shape brist, brist, ship ship shape in Bristol fashion okay so a uh, quick introduction to anybody that might be new uh, so first of all let's say hello to everyone who's watching uh, whether you're new or not I appreciate you tuning in this is the deep dive program. On this program, we are uh, getting our hands dirty with CircuitPython stuff. Uh, sometimes working on CircuitPython libraries, sometimes working in the CircuitPython core, sometimes working on CircuitPython projects. Uh, just depends on what I have going on for the week. This week, we are gonna look at uh, the same project I have done a couple of different variations of recently, which is this trivia one. Uh, I have some enhancements in mind I wanna make to this, and then I uh, think that that will not take all of our time for tonight's stream and so with any time left over what we will work on is back into the core uh, specifically into documentation land which is kind of a, an unsung hero of uh, open source software so I'm happy to um, kind of do some of that on stream and highlight it there's a there's an open issue that's in the core um, 
for some documentation improvements. It's a relatively good first issue. So if folks are interested in getting involved, uh, this issue that I'll take a look at a little later is a good one to start with. Um, and I'll walk through doing some of it so you'll have a chance to see how it's done. Um, how's it going, Dale uh, Etchells over there on YouTube? Thanks for tuning in. So uh, taking a quick step back, though, if you are brand new to this, you probably don't know what I'm talking about uh, with all this stuff. So let's give you the kind of uh, super high level look at it. Um, we are working on a project called CircuitPython. This is the main uh, website for the project, circuitpython.org. You can go here to learn more about the project. Um, basically, though, this is an implementation of Python that runs on these tiny computers called microcontrollers. Uh, this one here is a Raspberry Pi Pico W uh, microcontroller. And we're running Python code on these devices. And then, of course, we can uh, interface with external hardware. So in my case, I have it plugged into a display. I also have these four uh, Cherry compatible key switches here. These have NeoPixels inside of them. So like the Python code that runs on this device uh, can control all this stuff. It can draw stuff on the screen. Um, this actually happens to be a touchscreen as well. So you could be touching buttons and stuff, and the microcontroller could be reacting to it. Um, and then, of course, on our cherry keys, we can, from our Python code, read when it gets pressed. We can set the NeoPixels, do all that fun stuff. Um, so that's kind of the high-level look at what we're doing. Again, circuitpython.org is where you can learn more. Uh, the downloads page in particular has the actual downloads for all the different devices we support. There are 340 different devices that support CircuitPython right now. Um, so, you know, if you have a microcontroller already, there's a decent chance that uh, if it's relatively new that uh, CircuitPython support probably exists. You can find out for sure by going to circuitpython.org downloads, search in here, and if you find your device, then you'll find a downloadable file that you can flash onto your device in order to use CircuitPython. Um, CircuitPython is an open source project. All the development takes place out in the open on GitHub, um, which we'll be headed to later on today. The repo is right here though, github.com slash Adafruit slash CircuitPython. This is the main project for the core. Uh, there's also hundreds of library projects, which are Python code that run under CircuitPython and uh, give access to various hardware drivers and other helper libraries and things. Um, all of the development for all this stuff takes place out in the open on GitHub. We encourage uh, folks from the community to get involved. Um, if you'd like to do so, definitely you know hit up the repo, look through open issues, open pull requests. Uh, again, the website, circuitpython.org, there's a contributing link, which has more information for folks specifically interested in contributing. Um, so do all of those things. And we are in the last few days of uh, October, which means we're in the last few days of Hacktoberfest. So there is still time. If you'd like to get Hacktoberfest uh, pull requests in, I believe you can still do that and get credit for them. Uh, pretty much across the entire CircuitPython project, whether it's the core or the libraries or Blinka, uh, everything is fair game. Um, to the best of my knowledge, everything is fair game for um, Hacktoberfest. So a couple of days left to do that stuff. And then I should say also uh, this upcoming, is it Monday? Let me double check. The Let me double check. I, I want to say it's Monday because it's Halloween evening. I do want to get the date right, though. Let me double check. Uh... Yes, 1031, 1031, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So Monday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Tectric, community member and, um, you know, member of the team that's working on CircuitPython uh, in the libraries and things, Tectric will be streaming our uh, 
community help desk, which is kind of a thing we do where folks are able to come and get help uh, contributing if that's what they're interested in doing. Like if they want to contribute but don't know how, need pointed in the right direction, you know, need a pointer to something uh, at a beginner level that they can work on or just, um, you know, pointed, uh, you know, in the right direction on a problem they're seeing or not understanding how to use Git or version control or any of that kind of stuff. Um, during that stream, you can get help on all of that sort of stuff. Oktoberfest ends uh, October 31st. Ah, okay, 7 p.m. Eastern it is. Oh, really? So it ends... It ends before the... Uh, or at the same time as the stream. Uh, anyway, though, that help desk stream will be going on Monday evening, so check that out if you are interested in uh, either getting involved or just want to see uh, behind the scenes at what goes on uh, for the folks who are involved in working on the project. Uh, and again, TechTrick will be streaming that on Monday. Uh, and then lastly, before we get going, let me just say uh, thank you to Adafruit, um, adafruit.com. This is their website. Adafruit is a hardware and software company based out of New York, and they are the company that is primarily funding the CircuitPython project. So it's an open source project. It's free to use for all the users. Um, it's permissively licensed, so it's free for you to uh, fork it and modify it if you would like to do so. Um, and you know adafruit is paying the team who works on that project full-time so they're paying folks who work on the actual code for the project uh, the libraries the documentation the projects the streams um, all of the stuff around the CircuitPython project um, the folks who are being paid to work on it um, are being paid primarily by adafruit so thank you to them for sure um, and then thank you to anyone who wants to uh, purchase hardware from them in order to help support CircuitPython and the rest of these lovely projects. So you can buy uh, hardware from their website, adafruit.com. They sell microcontrollers like all the little devices that run CircuitPython. They also sell all sorts of add-on uh, devices, right? You know, breakouts for sensors and buttons. And uh, in this case, it's breakouts for uh, memory. Uh, you can store arbitrary data on these little chips here. So these are just the new thing of the week. Um, but they sell all kinds of different hardware that you can interface with CircuitPython and other types of microcontrollers. Um, so head there and buy yourself some toys. And again, if you do, you are helping uh, support CircuitPython project. So uh, thank you for doing so. Okay, let me catch up here. Trying to get a, a t-shirt if it's possible, but none of my PRs are counting. Scroll through Hacktoberfest filters. Uh, but it's just nothing getting approved. Hacktoberfest filter. Yeah, I don't know the exact time. If you look through Hacktoberfest, there are simple HTML issues too. Uh, if you can code. Yeah. Yeah, there's documentation, there's typing, there's um, docu like documentation. The, it's ultimately HTML, although it will be um, it's inside of code in an interesting way, but... How to find Hacktoberfest repository. Oh, there you go. That's a nice tip. So from YouTube, there's a way. They, uh, to the best of my knowledge, all the PRs should count across any projects. And the, the like kind of technological thing that, uh, to the best of my understanding, makes it work is this... I don't know if, do they call this, okay, topics? It says topics down there. I think technically they call this a topic. Uh, my understanding is PRs that are on repos with topics of Hacktoberfest um, during the month of October will count. Um, that's my understanding of how it works. 
Uh, there's there's a couple of different ways. Like you could also put a label. I think they call them labels. You could also put that on the PR itself. That's a different way to do it. Um, the topic on the repo is supposed to count for all the PRs, I believe, though, on that repo. It's kind of nice. Oh, nice. Trivia running on the Funhouse. Sweet. Cool. You got this adapted to run over on the Funhouse. Open that up. Yeah. With the same 1x4 uh, Neo key there. Nice. You know, I haven't seen much of the, uh, the Funhouse in horizontal mode. I kind of like it, though, actually. Like a landscape. Oh, we got these things again, huh? That's cool. By cool, I mean be cooler if it didn't. Ah, I see. Toddbots. Yeah, yeah. Everything I mentioned is, is CircuitPython, essentially Adafruit and CircuitPython uh, repos. Yeah, individual members, they could choose uh, to or choose not to. It's totally up to them. Um, I suspect most people would be fine with it if you asked, but I don't actually know. Cool. Did you do see? Did you do the color? Um, what's that, Dexter? Guess politely you might be willing. Yeah, that I, I guess would be maybe Dexter. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Did you do uh, different? Did you do colors on the answers to match? You reopen or is it gone? Uh, oh, okay, it's uh, gone. Well, I, I guess it would have been in a different tab. Uh, did you do colors on the answer labels that match the? Yeah, it looks like it colors on the NeoPixels, is that right? So you've got uh, choice C, Tommy Lee Jones is like sort of, like I can tell if it's yellow or orange, I guess probably orange, it matches, matches this light. Uh, is that the way that you've got it set up? I do like that. That's one of the things that I'm gonna work on today. I'm gonna do a different take on it. I'm just gonna draw a little colored box instead of the, uh, the text, but I like the text color as well. If I'm understanding that right. Community bundle. It'd be interesting, I think, community bundle. I don't know if it'd be interesting if there's a way we could add it to the community bundle, if we could add that topic to the community bundle and have it count for all the sub repos. I have no idea, though, how Hacktoberfest interacts with like sub modules, which are what the bundles basically are just a big list of sub-modules, so I do not know how that works out. Uh, okay, so I will start with the colors, coloring uh, answers to match the LEDs. That's on my to-do list for sure. Oh, okay, I gotcha. It looked like it was there. Maybe it's just quite picking up to my eye. Uh, so I would like to do, I think, just little squares next to each answer with the color that matches the button. And I've got a grid already. 
I'm adding my labels to the grid, so I think what I'm going to do is make a group for each label. And then add a little colored box to the left of the group, to, to the left of the label inside the group. I would guess the community bundle does count, but for adding things to the community bundle, that's the part I would be more confident in saying I'm pretty sure that's going to count. Not so much updating a repo that is a part of the community bundle. That one I definitely do not know. Uh, Katni may have some idea though as well, so it's good to ask. But adding a new one, so like if you were to create a repo and add it to the community bundle, um, I, I don't see any reason why that PR should not count. Um, or put another way, I don't know of any technological reason why that would not count. I haven't looked at the topic. Maybe it's not there, but um, I would assume it is, and I would assume that it should count. So let's make a group for each of these. Answer one group. And then we want to get a little colored block, which I think I'm just going to use Vector.io for. What's I going to do as examples? I gotcha. Uh, so we'll just go like uh, answer one color, color color icon, color icon, color block. It's color, color icon. Let's go color icon. And I don't remember the vector IO API off the top of my head. I end up having to look it up pretty much every time I use it. This time is no exception. It's like vector IO dot rectangle XY with height, maybe color. No. I don't know. You need a palette. Pixel shader. Okay, rectangle. So pixel shader with height x y. I was pretty close. I was pretty close. Uh, vector io dot um, rectangle. So so we'll need to make the palette first, I guess. Uh, answer one. I'm gonna make a lot of new objects for this, and we need the same palette. Need one palette for each one as well. You know, it'd be nice as if uh, vector IO we could give it a index within the palette to use. That way, like if I want four different vector shapes with four different colors, I could make one palette with four colors in it, and then tell each one to use a different index. That would be pretty convenient. Maybe we will jump into the core and try to tackle that. Seven segment display. Uh, I have one of those seven-segment displays to play with. If it's the uh, the Stemma one is the one I got. I'm a total noob. What editor are you using? Good question. This is the PyCharm uh, editor. Um, yeah, PyCharm. Um, and then I, I have it set up in kind of a very particular way where I have a project on my local PC, but I also have it showing... The uh, connected thumb drives, you know, thumb drives, external storage, which in this case includes the Circuit Python drive. Uh, although, most specifically, it's not actually plugged in, so we'll do that. Then it will show up down here as an external storage, the Circuit Pi drive. 
which means that whatever we're editing here, this is not... This is not uh, what we want to be editing. I assumed this was CodePy on the device, but it is not. This is CodePy on the device. to the newsletter also don't count I gotcha so we'll just go new palette uh, it just takes a number for the number of colors we're just gonna have one and it's gonna be green Now we can go pixel shader. Uh, documentation counts, I think. I mean, I would argue any documentation counts, no matter like. I mean, yeah, like I don't know. It's I I don't I don't have the final say, uh, so so to speak, but I would argue for any any documentation change is is valid for Hacktoberfest in my mind. So if somebody were to make one and it like. A documentation change and it were not to count somewhere I would offer up my opinion that I think it should yeah documentation improvements are always good even I mean even even small stuff relatively speaking right it's it's helpful for the people who find it like that's definitely the kind of stuff we want to encourage especially new folks we don't need to install anything we just need to import that this is one place where PyCharm is not so smart because it's like trying to look for these modules on my PC these modules don't actually exist. There are stubs for them, which I need to get newer ones, but that would help some. Not all the way. Newsletter. Yeah, no, newsletter, I think, is its own thing, not, not documentation. I mean specifically, though, if you do docs for a library or the core, uh, I, I believe that should count if you're doing documentation updates. Newsletter is not... Not a repo I do a whole lot with. Like, I don't, you know, that's kind of Anne's, Anne's domain, certainly. Um, so I cannot speak to that one. But documentation and libraries in the core, I am personally in favor of uh, counting for sure. So we'll say we're going to give it the palette. We're going to give it just width. I, I think let's try just 10 by 10 or something like that. Let's get something nice and small. Um... Right, the XY, I guess XY, I mean, we could probably just leave it default, but I guess we'll go zero, zero. And then what we wanna do is actually add both of those to our group. So answer one group, append the color icon. And then after that, append the label. And then what we want to put in the grid is actually the group, not the label. And then the label, we also want to go...
anchor position zero zero anchor point I'm gonna say ten zero maybe eleven eleven or twelve because we want it to be to the right of our little square I know blog posts don't count uh, but I saved Adafruit a smidge of embarrassment once when I spelled out discs. Uh, I gotcha. Typo in the blog. Uh, I was in the Twitch room and not on Discord. Oh, uh, sorry about that, Evil uh, Evil Dave. I appreciate you tuning in. Yeah, on this stream, I do not actually have the uh, the Twitch open, unfortunately. Yeah, so I won't see anything in there. I've got the YouTube and the Discord both pulled up, uh, and those are the two that are on the screen. Uh, but I can't I I can't focus well enough. Um, and I don't have enough screen real estate, honestly, to keep mul to keep more than two chats up, and I'll get distracted if I try. Uh, I will say, uh, for folks that are interested, I stream on Saturday mornings as well. So Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time, uh, I also typically stream. So that's like tomorrow morning. Um, on those streams, I'm on my own channel rather than the Adafruit channel. And on those streams, I uh, I don't use the YouTube chat, and instead I do use the Twitch chat. And so I do watch the Twitch chat um, on those Saturday streams. I know that's weird maybe to do it differently for this stream versus that stream, but um, the Adafruit ones tend to all of them use the YouTube chat. So, uh, and Deep Dive was started by Scott. He was already doing the YouTube chat, so I just continued on with that. Uh, for my streams, though, I do, I do keep an eye on Twitch, and I don't use YouTube as much because I think their moderation tools are lacking. All right. So I think this should pretty much work for one of our answers, right? Let's take a look at this and see if it does. Syntax error. So do we have an actual syntax error now, or did we just have a syntax error while we were writing our code and it was halfway broken? Looks like we do currently still have... I miss a comma? Invalid syntax, line 150. Is a parenthesis? Icon equals vector IO rectangle. Pixel shader equals palette. Width equals 10. Height equals 10. X equals 0. Y equals 0. It's got a closing parenthesis. Do want to go back to terminal IO font, I think. Or maybe I did by changing okay, I did by changing this here. It's a not a very good programmer though, and I didn't rename the variable. Uh syntax error. Hmm. So what if we just didn't make the icon? Group object has no width. Uh.
Yeah. Um. Hmm. So the, well, one of the problems we're having, I still don't really quite understand the syntax problem we're having. The next problem that we're having though, this one specifically, group has no width. This is because the grid layout, which is what we have put the answer labels into, the grid layout is attempting to access the width in order to place it within the grid cell. But groups do not have a width. Other times? I'm going to add Hectoverfest accepted a PR so they all count. Nice. There a list of commands somewhere? Uh, I do not know of a list of commands. I Showtimes is the only one I know of. Um, that is like a public one. There are moderator commands, but I think those come from a different bot, but I'm not actually sure how it all works. I'm a peek and poke typist. Uh, let's see, I'll have to learn Python because I want to make a custom mechanical keyboard on an eight by 25 grid. I'm a peek and poke typist, and I want my own layout. I plan to use Adafruit's 5x6 MX key grids and just bought four units to test a 12x10 grid. Nice. Yeah, the, uh, the big 5x6, that's definitely a good way to go uh, if you're trying to get, get a big old grid like that. So the problem is we can't use group. You can't use group for this. So the next question is like, do we want to use something else or do we would want to just change our approach here? I think we change our approach. I think we change our approach. Instead of putting, instead of making an answer one group and putting the answer one icon and the answer one label both into the answer one group, what we will, and then putting that group into the grid, instead of that, what we'll do is just put the label back into the grid. We don't need a group at all. We do still need a palette. We do still need an icon. We're going to have to figure out our syntax error on the, on the icon. We are not going to pin this. We're not going to have any of these. Um, and then our grid though, we're just going to move that grid over with X here by to 12. And then 
on the rectangle, let's go y equals start start with that. So are we back to syntax error? Group object. Okay. Um. Oh, okay. So we don't see our colored box. The reason we don't see the colored box is because we made it. We didn't add it to any groups. Got rid of the other group. We need to add it to the, at this point, the main group. No, the, um, the answer group? Is this called game group? Game group. Game group. It's auto saving. I feel like it's not showing me the star. Sometimes I think it just gets messed up though. I own a Logitech's uh, Logitech K eight forty five CH with MX Blues. Nice. Tech. What does that one look like? I use a um, I use a weird keyboard kind of. I use a Kinesis Advantage. is this really bizarre split keyboard. The official keyboard of the Men in Black, I'll have you know. Um, this is what I use, which it's took a little while to get used to, but once I got used to it, I really, really liked it. And I have trouble going back to standard keyboards like this now. It's all awkward. It's like riding a bike for the first time in a really, really long time now. Looks like PyCharm. Yes, definitely uh, is PyCharm, the IDE for sure, yep. Cost me 90 Canadian dollars. Fragmentation does count, but they're pretty strict on not allowing compiled repos. Library's full of a bunch of other things. It's not what's happening here. Some people will create and contribute to repos that are like, add your name here. Huh? Learn guides have uh, all the code too, and there's different ways to make them with matrices. Learn guides are awesome. Been watching JP's videos, plan to use MX Blues with RGB keys. Nice. Yeah, the JP split one I think uses those 5x6s also. No, no liking PyCharm over there, Beata? Like, are you a VS Code? VS Code fan or something different? Or Vim? Are you a Vim person? So it'd be nice if we had a little bit more uh, padding between the uh, text and the color. But that's pretty much what I wanted was the little box there. Um, just a little bit more padding. Maybe like, let's try 16 instead of 12. Nice. I haven't owned a keyboard without a calculator button for 20 years. It's a requirement for me once you get used to having it. Do you not have a calculator button? My calculator button is uh, Windows key calc U, C-A-L-C-U, enter. Unfortunately, because LibreOffice calls uh, Excel, calls their version of Excel calc, uh, which is actually kind of a bummer because I really want 
calculator way more often than I want LibreOffice Calc, even though it is a great replacement for uh, So I don't really feel like that moved. Did that move? Did I not move it right? Oh, well, yeah, okay, this isn't doing anything, actually. Um, the grid here, this, I see. You were programming computers back in 1981. Nice. I was not born yet. But I did start programming computers, I mean, I guess not that early after I was born. Maybe like, I want to say when I was 10 or 11, it's the first time I played with QBasic. Not quite a great way to uh, do this with the glare of the camera and everything. That's pretty good though, that's basically what I'm looking for. As far as the box goes. And now one thing that's going to be weird is we have to like. Know the right number of pixels to go down. I mean, I guess we could just guess and check it, right? It's not going to be that hard. I don't have a macro pad though. Before macro pads existed. Yeah. <laughs> We've got plus one on the LibreOffice calc. I wonder if there's a way to change it. Maybe I can like I can change it to something else. Also a licensed ham. That's the doubled ham. Nice. We have a couple of folks that are interested in ham radio stuff, I think, in the community. More of a free software enthusiast. Not that I won't, but I prefer not to uh, if I can help. I see. Okay, well, that's fair. There is, I mean, there's a community version of PyCharm, which theoretically would be fine for the CircuitPython project, because I my understanding is it's licensed for open source projects. That being said, uh, you know, full disclosure, I definitely did pay for PyCharm. I've paid for PyCharm for several years now. Uh, they did actually give me a free, a free uh, license for the bundle a couple months back. They saw me streaming. Uh, apparently, the IDEA folks—is that IDEA? No, no, uh, IntelliJ. The IntelliJ folks—they uh, they watch Twitch, I guess. They saw me working on something. Offered me that. Uh, I do understand though, wanting to use free software. I, I tend to be that way with most things, but my IDE is one of the few things where I am not only willing uh, to happily pay for it, I am actually willing to happily pay a decent chunk for it. Right, like. The, the cost of my IDE I look at it as just a cost of my line of work, basically. Um, I make essentially 100% of the money I make using my IDE to develop software for the most part. So it's like I'm willing to, uh, willing to splurge a little bit on it. And I just got really used to all the stuff that PyCharm has. Um, Lots of folks use other stuff too, though, like VS Code is pretty popular. I see folks asking about that all the time. I know Scott uses um, the Sumatra text on the, the right one. I don't, I'm not sure if that's the right. I think that's, no, that's not right. That's a, that's a PDF thing. Ah, I forget. What's the name of that other text editor? 
It's like a pretty widely used text editor. He has a plugin for it for version control. And it's less like a fully featured IDE. I'm trying to blank on the name. So we can pretty much make these icons for each one of these now. Yeah, I've I've gotten pretty good at it over the years. So, I mean, it's been going on... I mean, honestly, going on... Going on 10 years at this point, because I started using PyCharm around the time that I started the full-time job that I essentially still have. Uh... And that was in 2012. So yeah, going on 10 years, I've been using Python, which uh, PyCharm specifically. It's actually really crazy to think about. Uh, green and red is going to be yellow. Uh, wait a minute. Okay, I see. We want just these things. Over the years, though, I've definitely picked up lots and lots of the tips and tricks and things that lets you jump around quicker, and I'm always discovering new ways that it uh, will do stuff for you. Always a pleasant surprise. Well, it's it's bittersweet sometimes, because you discover, like, a helpful feature, but then you, like, think back on 10 years' worth of using the project and imagine all the times that, if you had known about this feature, that it would have saved you time. It's kind of bittersweet because you're like, well, now I know about it, and now I think it's really cool. But also have done this manually about a bajillion times. It's always good though to discover new stuff. Retired back in 2000 due to Y2K. Hard to teach an old dog new new tricks. Uh, there's a recently released open source project for uh, CLI for the Stream Deck. Interesting. For the Stream Deck. Oh, the uh, I see stream deck, the, um, the stream switching thing. Does anybody here have a... This is totally off topic, but I'm curious since we have a, a nice group of folks around. Does anybody here have a Nintendo Switch? And if so, does, uh, well, e really, we, whether or not you have one, does anybody know about the hackability? Like, is it reasonably possible slash easy to, like, make your own games for the Switch? Or is it pretty much locked down and you like need some kind of, you need to work at some kind of game agency, have access to some private SDK or something? I have no idea how it works, but I'm uh, suddenly have more interest than before in getting a Nintendo Switch because uh, Factorio, the video game Factorio came out on the Nintendo Switch and I happen to like that game quite a bit. So I was thinking about getting a switch but it seems like i don't know that i want to get it for just that one thing but if you could make games on it that might be kind of fun it's nintendo so you need to use it uh root it and use homebrew i see last console i owned was the genesis nice but full pc yeah as far as games go i am full pc as well i have not I mean, the last system I owned was a PS2, I think is the most recent gaming system that I owned. Maybe Wii? Was Wii newer than PS2? I think it was. I owned a Wii, Nintendo Wii. I've not owned anything since then. 
Um, and I do all of my actual gaming on PCs these days. Well, I will say too, I bought a, uh, I got it, I have a, uh, what's it, what's the, not Game Boy, they don't call it Game Boy anymore, but, uh, whatever their handheld one is that's not the Switch, um, it flips open. Nintendo DS, they called it. I, I still call it a Game Boy. Honestly, it'll always be a Game Boy to me, even if it's landscape and it flips open and all that stuff. Like, it's still pretty much a Game Boy. I have one of those, and I do like that. The Switch seems pretty cool, though. Only play PC, uh, Cities and Skylines. I've rooted a 2DS XL, and it's actually pretty nice. It runs most of the emulators. Oh, that's pretty cool. I think that might be the one I have, 2DS XL. I know you can sideload for things like the Quest. There's a community for it, but not sure about the Switch. Never owned a console, okay. Like, hunting for, uh, hunting for reasons. Pull the trigger on a Switch. Like, if it's just, just to play Factorio, it's kind of expensive to buy a Factorio playing machine, but if I can find a few other things that I'm interested in doing with it, What we'll do is just go minus, and it's going to be like another, it's going to be like 22 each or something? No, it should be plus, actually. Someone I follow on Twitter that makes Game Boy clones. That might be in MicroPython. Oh. Huh. Look into that. Yeah. Yeah, Deshupu I knew has got a couple little Game Boy-like devices. I've got the uh, Pew Pew M4. This looks like a new one, though. I haven't seen this one yet. This is the newer one that you're working on, Deshupu? You game 22? Oop. That's the music. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, your your Hackaday IO stuff that you posted on HiO, like the uh, the original uh, original micro game and like Pew Pew M4 and all that stuff, like that stuff was a huge inspiration for me to get involved in CircuitPython at all, to be honest. So like, I don't know if I've ever expressed that before, but thank you for all the stuff you've put into the world. Like, truly, finding this stuff and seeing different things that have been done with it was a huge part of me getting getting involved. This one looks pretty sweet. How big is is the uh of like uh, components or anything? How big is, is that a uh, 2.8 inch screen? Is that a bigger screen? It looks like it's bigger than the QPM4, which I think is like one 1.8 maybe the same one as the Pi Gamer. Yeah, it must be bigger, right? Please? Pew Pi. Okay, is this uh, RP2040? Is the main brain on this one? Be my guess? Nice. 3.2 inch. Sweet. Still a work in progress. Figuring out details for fabrication. 
What's the resolution? Uh, it's probably the same as the either the Pi Portal or the Pi Portal Titano. That would be my guess. RP twenty forty because you can't buy SAMDs. Yeah. Um, I don't know the resolution off the top of my head. My guess is the same though as either the Pi Portal or the Pi Portal Titano, whichever one is the same size. And I I think one's three twenty by two forty and one's. 480 by 360. I don't know the last bit. I'm not very confident on the last bit, but. Okay. Do we save this? We should have our blocks now. So let's go down questions. Oh, nope. We didn't add them. Okay. Let's add them to the group. Z32. Uh, okay, no, that's a, that sounds like a different one, I guess. Maybe different pixels. Oh, they're green on all of them. I guess we put the wrong palette on them, probably, right? ILI. On a 1080p LCD for the Pi. Yeah, if you want, uh, HDMI is the way to go for that, rather than, like, Spy or... You still have two greens. Let's see. What we do? Should be yellow. Love a lower resolution. I do two by two pixels. Pixels are a blessing and a curse in some ways. It's nice to have nice big screens with lots of pixels, but in microcontroller land, it takes a lot of memory to store a bitmap that fits on that screen. It also takes a lot of time to update all the pixels on that screen. Um, so smaller screens make some stuff a little bit easier for that reason. What's the Roman numeral for 500? Um, oh, we don't hide the answers, the wrong answers. Is that, is that fine, or should we hide the, ah, uh, hide the answers, the blocks. We probably should, right? Or especially like here, you know, and actually speaking of here, uh, the true-false questions, this will crash. Should fix that while we're here actually as well. Let's fix that. So on true-false, it uses only the first two buttons.
83. So we basically need to catch index error or Yeah, I think let's just do let's do the entire thing as um try catch error yeah, yeah actually we could just pass we don't need to do anything so if there was not an answer on button with index 2 then just ignore the press don't do anything about it same thing for button 3 actually as well I believe it's hard to make nice looking sprites in high resolution, but you could draw 16 by 16. That's true. The amount of time it takes to actually make your own at 16 by 16 is doable. 500 equals C, I believe. Yeah. HDMI is the only thing. Wow. Yeah, I experimented a bit with uh, HDMI output with games, and that was what I was finding is they don't, they run too slow to be practical. Encryption. You get back on my Laura project after Halloween. Get up your own encryption scheme. Nice. They've got some uh, some encryption built in. I think you can use if you give it a key. That should stop us from crashing if we choose buttons three or four on a true-false. So the question, I guess, is should we hide... We hide the icons as well. I guess it would probably be best if we did hide the icons as well. these and then go answer icons I oh this is gonna be tougher than I thought isn't it I think these don't support hidden directly by themselves I think we've backed ourselves into a uh, thing that's not going to work here.
Maybe we'll do that instead of documentation in the core. Maybe we'll go dig in in core code and work on hidden for, uh, for vector IO. So I'm pretty sure the thing is that vector IO objects, they can be hidden by their parent group, but I think they cannot be hidden directly by themselves. Yep. Hmm. Okay, super hacky workaround. Super hacky workaround is the We want to do hacky workaround, or do we want to go inside the core? Radio to receive cosmic radiation. Time pad. I made a most likely very insecure encryption algorithm. When I was younger. One of the, that was one of the things I made uh, more early on when I started learning how to code. I made a text encryption thing, which at the time I thought was probably pretty strong, but in hindsight probably was not pretty strong. Use the alternating side-to-side -side cipher for an RPG this one time. It's fun watching people try to decode it. I don't know the name to mine. There probably is a name. I it, it felt it felt novel at the time, but probably it's not actually. Probably it's just a thing that exists. I used like um, I, I used like substitutions, but they were off by a dynamic of uh, a dynamic amount. So like. For the first character of the entire string, you know, A maybe equals G or whatever, right? And so that's off by whatever that is, five or six or seven or whatever. So it's like, you know, count forward by seven and that's the rule. But instead of it just always being count forward by seven for every letter, it was like the next one counts forward by six, the next one five and the next one four and the next one three and the next one two and the next one one and then back up. So the one after that is two again and then three and then four and then five. And so like did this zigzag offset thing um, jumble up the letters. It was like basic substitution, but also you have to know the zigzag pattern, otherwise you still end up with nonsense. Other than every like 14th character being correct or, or whatever the count was. I don't know if I actually used seven or not, but. So we could cheat, if we just made a group and put this rectangle in a group, then we'd be able to hide the group. Um, it'd be nice in the core too, though. I'm torn. Nice. 
alternating side by side. Yeah, that's more that's similar to how mine worked kind of. It counted uh further up and down further than one on each side, but it was that same deal where like if your input string was the same character over and over, your output string would actually be different characters uh because of the rule to count up or down by the dynamic amount. That was my plan when I made it at least as I was like I wanted to make sure if you if you encrypted just g g g g g g that the output would be not obviously coming from an input with a single digit. Random generators are great. One of my favorite implementations, uh, I think, is in the late 90s or early 2000s, was using your mouse to create. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, move your mouse around. They were, I mean, that was still in use definitely later than that. I remember a, uh, a uh, crypto wallet of some sort. I don't remember which one, but one of the crypto wallets definitely was like, when you load it up and start a new wallet, it was like move your mouse around the canvas for 30 seconds or something to generate random stuff to make your seed phrases with or something. It's a pretty neat idea. We could turn them black, that's true. That's true. Okay. That's less of a hacky workaround than making the group. So, yeah, let's do it. I would like to make vector IO's hidden nubble hideable. Hideable. Directly. Because the parent can hide them. But the thing itself cannot. But it'd be nice if it could. Maybe that'll be next week's project. Seems like a decent deep dive topic. So we'd definitely be going pretty deep into the core code for that. Encode your seed inside an image. It's definitely, a, that's one way to do it. So we put our palettes in this thing, and then when we enumerate, we're gonna not call hidden. Uh, we're gonna say palette. Um, oh, it gets weird though, because how do we turn it back to the right color, I guess? I mean, I guess we just have a list of the colors, right? Or we just use them. Can you access colors from pixels? Can I just go like neokey.pixels0 and get the color back? Does that work? That'd be pretty handy. Do that. Or, or like, would I need hex or... I don't know if this works like this. Also, I have no idea which part of the code does this. I mean, I guess we should see color. I guess it, maybe it's not until we, oh, start game. Okay, yeah, so we need to go. Okay, yeah, uh, it's a tuple instead of a hex, but that should be fine. I'm, I'm surprised it's not hex. Kind of. It's tuple because they're easier.
polyphonic substitution. Harder to crack, but quite easy these days with programs. Somebody added color index. Did they? I would like that. That's something I want for sure. If that exists, that'd be sweet. Oh, uh, but I think you can... Oh, yeah, it seems like it is. Like it is, actually. Okay. How do, is that newish? I do that. I did that. That's definitely a thing I wanted to do. Um, so... So we could just update the index, but then our palettes need to be bigger. Too bad, though. I think I'll just, I'll, I'll start, let's start with this way. Let's do it this way. So we'll go hide incorrect answers. So we're going to go palettes i zero equals black. And then when we do this stuff here, we're going to go i zero pixels i that should give us the color which we then put back into the palette we left it scrolled here Sound good. X. Did we get? My guess is this did not work. More specifically, this was unable to be measured for the purposes of wrapping the text to multiple lines. We should probably change wrap text to pixels to ignore characters that it can't do. That, that be specific characters that are not in the font. Because I think what happened here is it it came to these characters in the string, which are Korean, I guess probably, right? Um, you, th this one is the one I recognize, and I believe that's Korean.
when it got to there, it tried to find it inside the font, which in our case is the built-in font. doesn't have that character, therefore it got back, like, none. But it tried to then access the Shift-X of none, but it really should... It should have a check, like, at this line of code, or this line of code, or somewhere in there, it should have, like, if the thing is not none, then try to get this. If it is none, then skip it or use a question mark in its place we don't have very many good options per se but we could definitely do something better than crashing japanese okay i was wrong hiriganga korean is more angular okay my my symbol recognition abilities or lack thereof uh, come entirely from magic magic the gathering cards it has been many, many years since I did anything with them. But there was a time where enough people had either Chinese or Japanese or Korean cards. And I was encountering them on a regular enough basis to start being able to tell them apart. So we got our colors, but we did still not hide those two, which I would like to be able to do. We can check the crash, though, right? I can click these buttons, and it doesn't crash now, so that's good. And this is a Team Fortress 2 question, which means I have a decent chance. In Team Fortress 2, the Bills hat is a reference to the game Dota 2. I don't know how old Dota 2 is, but Team Fortress 2 is really old, so I kind of doubt that. I mean, they didn't have hats at the beginning, though, I guess, but they had hats pretty early. I'm gonna go false. Okay. So now let's see if it hides the colors. Who turned... Who tutored Alexander the Great? I don't know. Um, Plato? No, Aristotle. And it does hide the other colors, so it shows you which color was correct, and then they all come back afterwards. Perfect. That is exactly what we want. So let's make it hide the colors when it is true-false. Ah, okay. More to they use Apache language. I have heard that before, using different native languages as, like, um, sensitive communication, basically. Wartime sensitive communication. Scout always had a hat, I think, in his weapon. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Scout, I th well, he always, yeah, when I say uh, hats, I mean more generally, like, hats that were, that are items that you can switch out. Yeah, the, the, the Scout character always had a hat. Uh, does Engineer have a hat? I don't think so, does he? A couple, a couple of them do have hats, like, Soldier always had a helmet. Uh, Demo Man has, like, a head wrap or something, which is pretty much a hat. Uh, but I mean the hats where you can actually, like, get them by crafting and then change them out and like you can decide which hat your character is wearing so on true false here this would be where we want to hide we're gonna go I mean, I guess we're just accessing the four of them here, not using the loop, so we should probably just keep it the same and go answer. Okay. Cat scratching. Let's see him. 
Uh, we want pallet though. I'll be back in a minute. Okay. Chasing a clothespin around is the answer. What the cat is doing. Or four zero. So we go black black on those and then they'll just get set back whenever we are inside show current question here. So that should be fine. That should be fine. Now we got to get a true false. Sticking a spent Americium, Americium puck against a webcam sensor. Sounds bad for the webcam, but I don't actually know. Does the webcam keep working? Cherokee has a cool alphabet. We just go five? I don't... We gotta get a true-false is the problem with this now. I just have to keep guessing. Good play, but it's gonna take too long. Very good at trivia. We can keep guessing. There's a true-false. Okay, and it is correctly hiding these. You got that right. Uh, went to look up the word once and got hooked on Salagi. Salagi. So that's working. Klingons respect their disabled comrades and those who are old and helpless. Uh, I don't know much about Klingons, but I... Don't think they're villains, so I would say probably true. Nope. Correct. Maybe they're more villains than I thought. Seems like just a kind of cool thing to do, so the fact that they don't is not a good sign. How many notes are there on a standard grand piano? Oh, I don't know. A lot. 180? Go with the most. That one. Or zero. All right. So another thing I would like to eventually add to this is a all-time score that gets stored on the SD card. Because this display breakout has an SD card slot. It could be cool if we put an SD card in there and we can just save a JSON file on it with like all-time score. Every round you will play, it will just look up the all-time score and add more to it. Um, I think I'll hold off for right now, though. I don't think that's what I want to work on right now. I do want to get into the core of it. It was a 320 by 200 sensor, so it wouldn't be a big deal if it did. I gotcha. Have you seen um, is it Cloudflare? I want to say it's Cloudflare. They have like a big wall of lava lamps that they use for a random number generator. The button colors also be blanked for true-false. Uh, should, they, should they also be blanked for true-false? Flash the correct one. They sh should be. Is that a... Is that a question of like... 
they didn't behave that way, and you're asking if they should? I think they do. I think they should do that as of now. Oh, interesting. We only have one color. So they're, so they're gone now. Green and yellow. So let's say we'll do false. Yeah, and it hides the one that... Yeah. Yeah, it hides the one that's not... It hides the text and the color icon for the one that is not correct. So I think we got that. Of course, that also could just be from a few minutes ago before I had it. Seen the lava lamp. Yeah. The la that's super cool the way they have that. It's also obviously just very pretty because it's a giant wall of lava lamps, but it's fascinating to use that as a source of randomness. Ferrofluid. Yeah. Okay. Let's go into core land a little bit. So this is an open issue on the core. Documentation, add more links for built-in modules. Um, the gist of this is that there are some tutorials and other documentation pages that exist that would be good to link from some of the CircuitPython docs, and not all of them have links yet. So this issue generally speaking is like find ones that don't and link to the most relevant place um which stage we have have shippu and chatter did at least a little while ago both pew and stage although they are underscore ones are there non underscore ones also There are not. So maybe those are lower on the list, but there is, I want to say there's a guide, right? A guide for stage? Yeah. So if that is not linked in the docs, that would definitely be the right place to link for that one. The button, Neo, oh, on the buttons, on the buttons. Good question, I'm with you now. Uh, we could do that. Yeah, I have not... Right now, the buttons... The, the NeoPixel lights never turn off right now. So even when you do an answer like this and these disappear, the NeoPixel lights, all of them stay on, whether it's true-false or multi-choice. Uh, they all stay on. That would be a nice touch, though, to have these also change with the colors there, so... All of the incorrect ones turn off, and then they'll turn back on whenever the next question shows. That would be a nice touch. I do like that idea. Yeah, six-year-olds are pretty good at random. It's definitely true. Chaos. Native code to speed up. Python stage. Or is it under... Cause there is Ugame as an install also, right? Or a... Uh, stage is the C part that's compiled in. Stage is the Python part that's either frozen or has to be copied. I gotcha. 
but this one could still link to the learn guide page. It's the best place. This one goes to the repo, yeah. So for that, it's in shared bindings. You think these are supposed to match? That's supposed to be three on both of these, or two on both of these? Actually, it's supposed to be three, two. The docs for the Python lib are at here. Good link there as well. So we could say, like on this one, we could say Oh, we need to keep the uh, formatting in here is Yeah, I think we need to keep the triple quotes there, because technically this is going to get turned into Python code Sorta, kinda, PYI code So then we could say stage module contains native code to speed up the stage library. There's a link to the stage library. Then I assume library is... Ah, yeah, actually it's uh, prob it probably is supposed to be... Um... can't like get stage off of here now. I unsearch? No, undo, console. I don't know how to get these unyellow. There we go. Refresh is the answer. Yeah, it must be it must be supposed to be three here, I think, right? And then it looks like this link also what is this a format for the look at one of the other ones I did. Let's see, what's actually being built today anyway? I've been otherwise occupied and haven't caught the stream, but I'm intrigued by some of the questions and comments here. Uh, I don't know. Katney is watching the stream. If so, I'll answer here, though. So, so far we worked on the trivia. We worked on this trivia, uh, trivia game slash device, which is on a Pico W, and it's using a cowbell that I rigged up with some header jumpers over to the screen and then it just uses a free trivia API to fetch the question. So I was doing some kind of like finishing touches, if you will, just enhancements like adding these little colors here 
and we fixed a couple of bugs where it would crash in certain scenarios as well. That's what we've been working on up to this point. Uh, but now I'm jumping into this core documentation issue, which is basically just adding links to good documentation material, whether it's learn guides or other read the docs pages or whatever, uh, into the core modules, the text that shows up at the top of the core modules inside the docs. So I think the triple thing there will help this, but then let's see the links. So it's not use end. Maybe we need uh, backticks also. Maybe that's why this backtick wasn't here. It's like basically the whole link goes into the backticks. It's the link inside the angle brackets and then underscore dot comes afterwards. I mean it is, I mean it's here. It's underscore, so it's like maybe not front and center for people to find and use. I would say that's probably true because it's like marked as supposed to be private. This is probably not the place where they're most likely to find it, but I mean, it is here. It would be nice, I think, to linkify them if they do happen to find it on this page. Right, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I just refreshed the pin change anything. Obviously, we're looking at the live page over there. Trivia questions are setting off chat. Yeah, that's true. They, we got on definitely tangents down from some of the trivia questions about uh, encryption and random number generators and all kinds of stuff. How can you have to build a small circuit so you could download the old hardware software? These modems. Was stage library under the link and then someone added the backticks around stage and it broke the link, I see. when we can change it back after. So it looks like maybe not we would get rid of this one and then it would go all the way to the end here. So the entire, this entire sentence maybe would be linkified. Index. HTML builds are in build HTML. I guess there's not an index. Oh, wasn't done yet. I guess. 
an index? Is that the main index? Ooh, took over the chat. Naming things, cache validation, scheduling and off by one error. <laughs> Oh, this is not the main index. This is the uh, this is this page, which I do like using a lot. There we go. Of course, now we do have this thing back where it's. See what that one looks like. So this is how the docs for anybody who didn't know or hasn't seen this process before, this is how the docs for the core project get created. So these docs pages here that you see on docs.circuitpython.org, these get built from this commented code into the HTML pages by a library called Sphinx does the actual building and ultimately they'll get uploaded into read the docs hosted there. Oh, nice. We got another one of these. That's awesome. Oh, two more. Cause one is never enough, I guess. Oh, okay. Well, they're just going to keep coming. That's cool. Oh yeah. Okay. We might have to just turn the chat off. Unfortunately, like I can't keep up with these. It's really just going to keep pasting these. YouTube. Anybody from YouTube is watching, please try to make this better. This is pretty bad. Like. Pretty bad. Anybody from YouTube is likely to be watching. Okay, page module, no, nah, this one didn't work. Any reference, that one didn't work right with the link. Put that back how it was for now. I don't know how that treats new lines. 
I would do stage library. What about making that a key? This one. So stage this one. Oh, this one should. This one need to be doubled up. Yeah, you know it's not showing me a star. My files are edited. I wonder if autosave got turned back on, or if my um, charm just wants to be restarted. I have had it just stop doing that, stop showing me the asterisk before, and I just restarted PyCharm and it came back. Could have also switched the actual setting. By default, it auto saves. I turned that off because I do so much work on CircuitPython drives. The auto save is a little bit aggressive inside PyCharm, so it causes reboots a lot on the CircuitPython device. Turn it off, but. Usually it will show you the asterisk to let you know that your thing hasn't been saved. Seem like it's doing that. Reason. We can't build like one piece of the docs. That'd be nice if I could build just the one I want to look at here. For one. Oh, wrong page. Stage module contains native code to speed up the stage library. There. Read its docs. I did the docs wrong. wrong though. I got this one wrong too. Damn, does this one get thrown off by this? Is it the new line, maybe? It did not actually make a new line here. Dot's not actually part of it. The dot comes after the underscore. It's the slash break? I don't understand why this one's broken. 
there need to be a space between like this and this? Yeah, I wish we could build one thing so that we didn't have to wait quite as long for the thing to build. We also don't have the learn guide. We don't have a space there either, so if space was the thing that fixed it, then this one down here is going to be broken. We are worse now. But docs here actually did work. All right. Fortunately, we have kind of a slow iteration here to build the docs for it. I think I got a good feeling about this one though. I think the space is probably what did it. It just doesn't want a space here because this one has a new line. Apparently proceeds or something. Hopefully now this one had the link in the right spot. Yeah, restructured text is own thing for sure i've gotten all right with markdown but uh i don't would not say that i have uh, much experience or understanding of restructured text mostly i tend to have to guess and check or just look stuff up yeah well it's not it's not that it's doing it for one docs change per se i mean make html is a command that builds all the docs. I think I don't fault it for building all the docs because it runs in actions and it will always need to build all of them anyway because it starts from a blank container. Um, but for development, it would be nice if we had maybe like 
make dev HTML or something, and then you could specify a module, maybe? I don't know what the right way to make it work, but if you could do that and have it just make one small subsection, it would go a lot faster. But it would be like a different command, right? Because make HTML needs to get used by actions, and it needs to create everything every time. Or, or I should say, at least there's probably code that assumes it will do that. Um, the code could be changed, and then it, you know, we wouldn't need to keep it doing that if we changed the way it worked. But the way it is now, there's probably stuff that has that assumption built in. Okay. We got those. Uh, before I get too far down this road, I should probably go get, check out, actually, get remote. I think I don't have, yeah, get remote. Add foamy guy. Foamy guy work. I know markdown better than RST. Yeah, I'm with you there. Definitely do know markdown better. Get remote fetch. No, get fetch. Foamy guy. Never remember the order of URL and label in Markdown links. Yeah, or images in Markdown is what I get backwards a lot. Images and URLs are like kind of similar, but I do them opposite ways or I do them wrongly sometimes by default. I don't know why I just fetched that. I probably shouldn't have done that. It's like, I don't know why it's even a lot of stuff actually so i was gonna well i guess i probably needed to fetch because i'm gonna make a new branch yeah it should have been able to actually without get check out uh let's call this uh more docs links get check out ashby more docs links from adafruit main no track now we're on our branch with our changes that we can push when we're done Uh, another one that's in the list, pixel buff in bus device. I mean, bus device is a good place to link there. I don't know if that there is on that one. Um, let's look here. There is I2C, there is UART serial. And like technically this code is kind of using bus device or at least internally, but the thing is it just says or.i2c. Well, yeah, UART. I don't. UART would not be using bus device. I don't think. I two C and Spy would. This actually shows bus device, which is actually old. We should probably go back and update that because it's built in now. Wikipedia uses Markdown now. I didn't. Pretty cool. Used to have its own language. Bracket parens alphabetical order. Remember that one. 
the way to do it, alphabetical. Okay, and then parens. Oh, I don't know, this one... This is probably the most relevant place to link them, but I'm not sure that it actually makes sense all the way, honestly. I don't think there's, like... There are other guides that will talk about bus device, but... Maybe this one. This one still doesn't actually use bus device, though, either. I2C device. Is that from bus device? Yeah. Ooh, we should probably change this. Probably not recommended anymore. I mean, this page does tell you how to use bus device. So we could make two links, one to SPI device and one to I2C device, the headings inside this guide. Those do seem like reasonable places to link to. And this is definitely explaining a lot about what those modules do and why they're helpful, what the sort of manual way to do it is if you don't want to use those helper modules. Seems like a good way to do it. We will go shared bindings, um, bus device, H, no, C, C. No, 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 um, docs at all on that this come from though it's not actually in here oh there it is okay is this supposed to be in the middle of the file like this is there supposed to be stuff above this i usually see these at the top hmm. you know though i don't know if there's relevance of where it's at maybe this file is just a bit different than normal
the comments. I think I typically, typically seen them near the relevant functions. But also just caught up and might have missed the context. Yeah, the these these ones this one's not for a function though, it's for the um for the module itself. So this is like the Adafruit bus device module one. And the one we just did over here was right after the imports, and it was essentially the same thing. But it was at the top of the file. And then this one is like just kind of between some stuff. Sort of in the middle of the file. I don't know if it like makes any difference though. I don't know if it's like meant to be one way or the other. Or if it like it made make no difference at all, honestly, because it's getting parsed out anyway. My guess is that it just gets taken out. Doesn't matter where it's at. Many browser tabs open at this point. At this point, he says, as though he didn't start with too many browser tabs open. We make again. So I only probably we'll just go for a few minutes more. We'll probably wrap up here in about about 10, 15 minutes, something like that. Um, if anybody is interested in this type of thing, though, there's plenty of these that are not done yet, right? This list was like a list of all the ones not done, the unchecked ones. So anybody is interested in Contributing to the CircuitPython core, improving the documentation. Um, this is a good place to start. It's not super duper in depth. You don't need to know C code or anything crazy. Uh, it's nice and kind of lowish level. You're just adding some nice documentation links. Just kind of look around, find the best place to link to, and then add it there. Uh, if anybody's interested and would like to help, but but doesn't like doesn't know how, or there's something preventing them. Uh, if they need help or whatever, learning how to do it, uh, definitely feel free to reach out on Discord. I will always be happy, and I know a number of the other folks on the team as well are always going to be happy to help get folks involved if you want to help contribute. So, uh, Hectric and I have done some of these. I'll keep doing some more. Eventually, we'll have them all knocked out, but if anybody else would like to grab some, please feel free. And again, like if you need help, reach out. Uh, I know I can speak for myself. I'm definitely happy to help free, help, help you out. Um, and I, like I said, I think there's probably other folks around that are also going to be happy to do so. so. Go. Perfect timing. You know, I guess this could technically be in here as well. But... Audio bus IO. Well, pixel buff. 
We don't know. Is there pixel buff? I mean, the thing about pixel buff is... It really just uses the NeoPixel API, right? There's not a separate set of docs or instructions that is relevant. Pixel buff is just like the fast way to do NeoPixels that's built into the core, I understand. Yeah, I have it wrong though. This doesn't talk about using. But I think that NeoPixel uses it internally. Should really do more reviewing, uh, but it's what my day job mostly consists of, so I usually prefer to do anything else. Yeah, I hear you there. I don't do a whole lot of reviewing, but I have started doing more reviewing at my day job than I used to do, for sure. For the longest time, I was a solo developer. Only within the last, like, two years or so, I started working really closely with a partner developer where I was doing the majority of the reviewing. Before that, though, that was not something I did day-to-day. -day. That's definitely understandable, though. Like, there are days where I don't want to do software at night, right? Like, I work on software all day, and then there are days where I don't want to do software at night. I find CircuitPython quite fun uh, most times, but, like, there are definitely times where I'm like, yeah, I'd rather just play a game or something, right? Like, I think that's okay, too. You got to take breaks. You definitely don't want to just, like, try to force yourself to do stuff that you don't feel like doing. Um as a hobby, right? Like, obviously you gotta take care of yourself. There's, like, stuff you have to do to be a functioning adult in society in most places, so you gotta do that stuff, but, like, you don't necessarily have to make yourself sit down and write code or re do PR reviews or whatever for the night if you don't feel like it, or for the week, or for the month, or for the year, right? Like, um, if you don't feel like it right now, you gotta just take some time and do some other stuff, and that's totally understandable, I think. Um, what I'm looking for is, does this use pixel buff internally? does but i think i mean i guess the only place i could even think of would be like i don't even know to be honest i don't is there one here i don't thing is it's like it's not an api that would get used typically by user code. User code would typically use the NeoPixel or the .star library. And then you wouldn't have to worry about pixel buff at all. You wouldn't have to know anything about it, how it works, what its API is, anything, you don't need to know any of that stuff if you use the NeoPixel or, or something even higher, like LED animation. Higher level. Yeah, I don't... I, I, don't know of a good place to link that to. I think we'll leave that one for now. Audio bus IO. Uh, is there a um, is there like an audio learn guide? Audio bus IO. Reactive. Microphone. So let's try uh, CircuitPython Essentials. have a good balance in life it's really important to make sure whatever you're doing yeah 
every working towards makes you happy. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Any practical project will always have some parts you don't necessarily like. It still needs to be done. The project as a whole is still usually enjoyable. That's true. Do RGB matrix panels use it? I don't believe so. There is another library called Protobuf. P-R-O-T-O buff. Protobuf. That one, the RGB matrix, uh, like matrix portal device specifically, and the ones that use those same kinds of matrices, that one does exist and does get used, but I don't think it uses... I don't think it uses NeoPixel or PixelBuff or any of that stuff. It's like even lower level than all of that stuff, I think. That being said, I don't know 100%. Like, I could totally be wrong about that. That's my... That is my understanding, but my understanding could just be wrong. I don't see any... Oh, there is. Audio out. That's audio-io. Is there audio bus-io? Is audio bus-io deprecated? Is, audio, is it different than audio-io? PWM-io. This page has no audio bus. Box page. Audio bus IO is the one I was thought was supposed to replace audio core. Came up in JP's last stream because he used audio core and it confused. No, support for audio. Okay, this one is input and output over digital buses. That might be... This has just analog in... Free audio out. Still does not use audio bus IO though. I2S. I have not personally ever used I2S. Not circuit pipe. Very old. There's a little bit about it here. 
but not much. Not like all-encompassing, certainly. This has I2C, but not I2S. Audio core. Audio Yeah, it would probably be good to get more concrete definitions around the different ones and really try to make it clear what each thing does. One uses audio mixer but doesn't talk about it too much. In this page, audio out, did this have mixer? No. I know of a good page with audio mixer docs. I would guess a guide like the Dove. It's like a soundboard or some sort of thing like that, I would assume. Probably the best place. I don't know if there's an actual just like docs page for it. Audio Core has the parts for common audio, uh, for common audio IO, and then PWM IO and audio bus IO. Bit ops? No, I don't even know what that is. Is that a real thing? I had no idea that existed. I don't think I've ever seen that or written any code that imports it. It transpose. Uh, is this a Python thing? Does this exist in CPython? Not seem like it. Bitwise operators in CPython. Do not know of a good place to link for that. Camera? Probably a learn guide for camera. Question those like Circuit Python camera specifically.
one doesn't use camera directly. I think it was the, um, this is this driver. Which one uses camera? I want to say it's like a ESP. Oh, presence only one board. Hmm. I don't know what device that is. Like the brand new sensor camera uses? Sony's presence. The brand new person sensor. Brand new person sensor camera. Person sensor? Dang, that's a lot of built-in stuff. I don't see a, um, just like a learn guide that would go back to it. I don't know that it's like... I don't know where we find CircuitPython code that works for this, basically. MicroPython. There's a thing called ESP cam. CircuitPython typing. Uh, there's not, I don't think like a guide or any great place to link for that. It's another one though where it's like end users don't really need to use it. IO. I don't know what dual bank is. I mean, I know what the ESP IDF is. I didn't know there was an import for that, so not familiar with the module. Floppy IO. I would assume there was a floppy guide. Floppy disk guide, right? The drive modification doesn't seem to have the circuit Python stuff in it. Hmm. 
stumbled across something called LCD cam in the S3. It's based on the 80s. There are blog posts about it. There's this library. It has its own docs, but no learn guide. I don't know the right place. I don't know of a good place to link that one either, Floppy, fortunately. Okay. Gamepad shift is gone, so we don't need that one, I don't think. Um, okay. I think I'm gonna call it pause there for now. I'll, uh, I'll wait and probably do some more in the same branch and then submit the PR for that later on. Uh, I think that was part of a Phil B or Jepler. Yeah, I know Jepler was working on floppies for quite a while. I do recall that for sure. Um, recently i remember that coming up in the meetings and stuff and uh, he showed on show and tell a couple of times some of the stuff um so yeah i think we'll call it call it there for now i'll try to find some more of these uh, later on and i'll get a pr submitted with all of them um thank you to everybody for watching definitely appreciate everybody for watching along and hanging out um hope everybody has a good night and a good weekend i uh again i'll be back tomorrow morning at 10 a.m central time uh, on my own channel to stream so we'll be back there uh, i don't know quite what we'll work on yet so we'll find something maybe it's this maybe it's something else um kind of a cliffhanger there for you because i don't quite know what i'll be in the mood to work on tomorrow morning yet but we'll find something it'll be fun uh we'll stream it and we'll hang out some more then so yeah, uh, beyond that, I just uh, hope everybody has a good night and a good weekend and all of that stuff. Thanks again for watching, and I'll see you next time, folks. I'll be back next week as well for uh, Deep Dive, same time, same place.